0: Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice.
1: Good evening and welcome to Wealth Within Live, the Australian stock market show where you ask the questions and we give you the answers about all things investing and trading. We have another very special show lined up tonight. We'd like to help you to learn how to get started trading stocks the right way so you profit consistently. And this week, we'll share with you the story of two traders and the journey they took in their attempts to profit from the market. In listening to their stories, you'll learn how to avoid the biggest and most common mistakes traders make, as well as the journey they took to get started trading stocks the right way. As it is the fourth week of the month, we will look at the world currencies and give you our thoughts on where they're headed. And like every show, we'll also answer your emails, take your questions, look at the stocks that you're interested in, give you our expert opinion and a whole lot more. So sit back and make yourself comfy, grab a cuppa or your favorite drop and get ready for another great Australian stock market show. Hello, I'm Janine Cox, Senior Investment Analyst here at Wealth Within, and we are Australia's most trusted stock market educators tonight I'm running this show for you solo as Dale's away this week and hopefully he's relaxing on a well-earned holiday and not watching incognito and I told him the show would bring record numbers tonight so come on show your support by messaging your friends get more people to come along to the show help me to do this and I promise to give you more trading insights on every show As they say, while the cat is away, the mice will play. So let's get all of your questions answered. And I look forward to sharing with you some secrets to your success in the market. Now, before we get stuck into the show, remember, so that we can help you, we do need you to put your questions into the chat box, which is off to your right. And remember to write detailed questions. Moving on, it is the fourth Tuesday of the month, which means we're going to have a good look at world currencies. Now, if we can just bring up the charts there so we can have a look at the currencies. On my screen there, I'm flicking across to the Australian US dollar. You can see there, these are currency pairs. Now, some of the biggest currencies in in the world, the top six say, we've got the US, Euro, yen. The British pound, the Australian dollar, and the Canadian dollar. They're, they're six of the most traded currencies on the market. And 63% of the reserves traded are US dollar um, currency, is the US dollar. So that's huge. So when we're looking at um, trading currencies, we're looking at trading pairs. Now, on the screen there, I've got the Aussie dollar versus the US dollar. Now, you can see if you've gone on holidays recently, um, you may have felt the pinch there going away with the the currency having dropped pretty low, actually, below the 70 cent mark, which we haven't seen for some time. Now, looking at the the Australian dollar versus the US dollar, it's closed at 67.7 cents, just recently and it's still looking quite weak. I mean, we could see a little bit of a move up, a slight move back up to test that 70 cent mark. But the real concern here for our currency is that there's a floor down closer to 60 cents. Um, Now I've got a line down here showing future support So you can see these lines I've marked on the chart. Now, I did tell you that while Dale's away, I would show you a few more things. So he might wrap me on the knuckles when he comes back, but we can leave that to next week's show. Now, looking at um, the line I've got down there, uh, around that 62, 63 cent mark, really important support for the currency if it continues to fall away to this level, which it's possible for this to occur. Now, moving ahead to the next one. Canadian dollar, Australian dollar, Canadian dollar, as I mentioned, is an important one. So if anyone likes Canada, um, which I actually adore Canada, if you've been there, let me know. Um, It's a great place for a holiday, that's for sure, and even a great place to live. It's not um, too dissimilar to Australia in a lot of ways, just um, looking around some of the neighbourhoods there. Now, looking at the currency, you can see it slipped all the way back here. um, Was well below the, the parity mark. So parity is that dollar mark here. That I've marked um, with my cursor there and you can see it slipped well below that level and is still falling potentially. So it's, it's closed low at uh, the end of the week. Last week you can see that really um, push strong move down over recent weeks. It actually broke important support across here closer to 91 cents. This was a couple of months ago. Um, which means that it could keep falling. So I'd say um, potential for it to continue to fall over the next couple of months. But if we see the the, um, Australian Canadian dollar trend really nicely or push really nicely back up this 91, above this 91 cent mark, say 91.3, then it could be moving higher still. So wait for those um, signal points. So a move below this low here. The Canadian, um, Australian-Canadian pair is likely to keep falling and slip closer to the level I've got marked on the chart, and a move above here, and then it's likely to, sh- in the short term, head back above to about 92.5 cents. So um, the next one I want to talk about is the Australian dollar, uh, British pound sterling, uh, interesting looking move that we've seen on the charts there. it's come back to really strong support here in May 2009 and stopped. Now this gives it the potential to trade higher. It did try to do that a couple of months ago. so in August 2019 or um, uh, July it hit it up really strongly and made it a, a high. and then we've seen this pullback occur since. Now it's been sold off quite heavily. I'd expect to see a move up from here but if we do see a continuation of the current short-term decline then this low is really going to be threatened um, which was the low in May 2019 at around 52 or 53 cents so moving forward uh, we've got the Hong Kong dollar now the Australian dollar versus the Hong Kong dollar if that's important to some of you then um, you want to really keep an eye on this one but notice how the um, the Australian versus US dollar and the Australian versus the Hong to- Kong dollar look very similar. And that's um, for logical reasons because of how the the um, Chinese currency trades for, against the US dollar. So we can see there that it slipped below a massive resistance level. So there was this huge level across here at around 60, 62, uh, 620 or 620. 6, um, Dollars there so and it slipped well below that level and we've seen it continue to drop and could continue back towards 4.8 or 5 in the not so distant future but a rise above this high here of 5.38 could see it move up but notice how a lot of the charts are forming the same sort of moves at the moment so these sideways moves indicating there's been a bit of a bit of a pause in what's going on with the currency trading. Uh, Now Dale's talked to you before about the Singapore dollar in previous recordings we're also seeing that slide as well. and But the accelerated fall that was happening is actually slowing down there. We're seeing this slowdown, but uh, I think the week ending 20th of September, there was a big sell off. So it's taking a bit of a breather at the moment, but you just got to keep an eye on that one if you're trading it. Um, you know, it has slipped below this last. Um, what we call a swing low. So when the chart moves, you can see moves up and down, right? When you're looking at a chart, it's like looking at a bouncing ball. And what you're trying to do is, is follow the, the highs and lows with your eye, see where it's moving, see if the highs are getting lower or if the lows are getting higher. Um, but in this case, the lows are getting lower, the highs were getting lower generally across this move. So that's still a bearish move on the stock, on the, on the currency. Now the Australian dollar, US dollar, we've already covered the Australian dollar euro. That's another important one. Now, this is actually the second most significant currency across the globe. It's actually one of the most highly traded. So the most highly traded pairs in the world are US euro and the the, the Japanese yen, the US dollar Japanese yen. They're the most highly traded combinations. Now our Australian dollar doesn't really rate highly in terms of global reserves, it's only 1.8%. Now compare that to the US uh, dollar currency at 63% of reserves across the globe. So so an interesting little fact there for you. So um, now it's time to get into some of the emails that we've received in the past few days. So thanks to everyone who sent them in. The first from John who says, hey Dale, since the Australian dollar's low, is it a good time to buy gold bullion? And do you offer managed fund services so that your expertise handles my funds? Now, first of all, look, um, when there is a relationship between the Australian, between the dollar and gold, but it doesn't always work that way. But you can see at times when the currency is falling that gold can be rising. Gold is considered historically a defensive investment for um, people to put their money in. And often financial advisors have told people to put them some money into gold. But rather than buy the physical gold, we've always talked about buying the shares because if you buy the shares, not only can you get the capital growth, but you also have someone paying the rent essentially because you're getting dividends as well. And depending on the stock um, determines the level of the dividend income that you're likely to receive. Now, as you know, with most stocks on the market, you'll get a dividend twice a year. I'm not suggesting that you buy stocks for a dividend. I'm suggesting that um, cap, generally we look at growth as a strategy when you're buying um, shares. But, but if you do want the dividend income, then it's wise to look for stocks that are paying dividends around the market average, which is about four point something percent at the moment. So, um, And below that, you often expect to see stocks that are more growth type stocks if they're only paying one point. Eight say to up to about three percent, then that they can often be much stronger in terms of the capital growth you're likely to get. Stocks that are paying higher dividends, just remember that those particular stocks could be paying those dividends for a reason to attract, attract investors. Now, as far as buying gold bullion, I'm not suggesting that um, you know now's a good time to be buying it, but when something's trending, then that is a better time to be buying. But you've just got to be careful with. Um, the potential turn in the gold price that could happen over the coming months so um, yes the qu- second question is do you offer managed funds services that handle um, that can handle my funds and the answer is absolutely yes we have a, a service called the direct equity managed account service it's a portfolio service with, it's a boutique fund that we run Um, You have individually managed accounts and we purchase equities for your portfolio. So there could be a basket of currency uh, equities in your portfolio at any time selected from across uh, predominantly the top 100, but we can go out to the 300. Consider though that the the market, when the GFC hit, liquidity changed quite dramatically in a lot of the um, bottom end of the market. So we tend to stick to the more uh, liquid, solid companies. Uh, That's why we're focusing on the top 100. And you don't need more than 100 stocks to do really well in the market. Some people choose to um, look at the whole market, including the the whole 500 stocks um, on the market. But um, I'd suggest that you narrow your search down. Definitely, it's a good way to to do things. So my answer, John, is that Um, I would say, look, you can look at gold stocks. It's a great time to look at gold stocks, um, but it's also important that you have really solid rules around them because gold stocks can be really volatile at the best of times and it's not for the inexperienced to get into. And gold's no different. Gold can um, be trending up for many months and all of a sudden it can turn and then be trending down for quite a while. So you're not making anything off it because you have no dividends coming in. And then, People get this sort of false sense of security about hold, holding on to gold and, and thinking that the, you know, they're in it for the long term, which is really not the way to do it. So I hope that helps you, John, and thanks very much for um, putting up that question. It's an interesting one. Now next we have an email from Yusuf who says, thank you, Dale and Janine, for your educational share market show every Tuesday. Firstly uh, he says, commiserations to Dale, because he knows that Dale Bowick's for Geelong. Um, Now my father actually works for Geelong also and we actually gave him a box of tissues which are Geelong, um, you know, have Geelong labels on the side of it on the weekend just as commiserations in case he needed to use them. Um, Because look, let's face it, um, you know, if your team loses and you get really close to the grand final, you know, there's going to be a few sore losers out there and I think Dale's going to be, you know, pretty sad when he comes back make sure you give him a bit of a dig about that one secondly please educate with your thoughts on AFI I bought this stock recently at 618 reason for buying with a view to providing me some um, of my retirement income so you're looking at 20% of your retirement income now when deciding on AFI now this is a a listed um, fund so AFI I'm gonna um, just can we bring it up on the screen there just to talk about this one so if I bring up AFI for you you'll see it there um, there we go. Australian Foundation Invest. Now, I generally would suggest that you now people, when they when they were looking at these types of stocks, and these were often stocks that were um, financial advisors suggested people purchase, because the thinking was that you could invest in one of these companies. And because they're investing across a broad range of investments that therefore the risk could be low, a bit like thinking about ETFs and investing across the broader market using an ETF, uh, which is basically replicating an index. But the Australian Foundation Invest, you'll see the chart there. Now, the market has been really strong, but the Australian Foundation Invest hasn't. So it's not always a done deal to think that these particular companies are going to do well and be more robust than the market because as you can see over many years this stock has done nothing so looking back in since January 2014 it's literally traded sideways you would have been much better off putting your money in the market and just trading a few stocks with some really basic rules and risk management strategies to make more money than leaving it there but I mean you know to me that's a a bit of a lazy way of doing things if you I'm not saying you specifically I'm just saying in general if you're looking at Buying and holding something and then hoping that you're going to get a return out of it. So I think what you put into something is what you get out of it. So I would say to you, um, you know, think more broadly. Look, at the end of the day, it's your money. So the person who's got the most to lose is you and you're the most important person in this. um, Your funds are the most important in this consideration. So it's about, well, how can I get a decent return out of my money potentially with the minimal amount of risk? This type of investment, I would still look at it like you have to trade it. Like any other stock on the market, because it's listed, I'd be saying, well, look, potentially looking at the chart, what can I get out of this? Can I make money? Now, it does trend well at times, so there are opportunities to make money out of it. But the challenge always is when a stock trades sideways for a long period of time, that it may continue to do so for a while, so that this may not be the time to do that. So could you afford to be in a stock for all that amount of time where it does this? And I don't know if you're trying to get a return on 20% of your retirement income, I guess you can answer that one for yourself. Now, You've said here, when deciding on AFI, I considered how much risk I was willing to take. That's fantastic to hear that you're actually thinking about all of the right things and risk being the very first one, rather than how much you're going to make. So many people make the wrong decisions by actually thinking about how much they can make And its greed that comes in there, isn't it? Like that movie, Wall Street, greed is good. Um, Not necessarily, because it can often steer you on the wrong path. Um, the second point you looked at was how much income that you needed. Well, excellent. So you've actually looked at the risk, how much you want to be able to make. So obviously, I gather you're looking at dividend income off this particular share and how much time that you're willing to spend on monitoring the investment. Now, it doesn't matter how much you invest or what you invest in, there still needs to be some time um, involved in deciding where you're going to actually purchase the investment and where is the the, the Um, what is the level of risk you're willing to take in that you have an exit plan if it goes south what happens if it falls stocks like these don't necessarily rise all the time as you can see from the chart I'll just show you a quick um, a measure of how far it fell this was back in uh, this was in the wake of the GFC January 2010 it fell 30% so similar I think to what the market fell during that period where um, the that was when the tsunami hit um, Japan. So all of that caused the market to unfold and and this particular company was not immune to that. So the cost of investing was the the next point that was considered um, that, okay, great, but that's probably to a lesser degree and the past record of this stock. Now, Yusuf, I gather you're talking about the way that it's traded or were you talking about the fundamentals? I'm not sure about that there, Um, behind the company. But if you look at the way that it's traded in the past, just because a stock or company or market has gone up for many years like this had into the high in the GFC doesn't mean that it's always going to do that as we've seen here. But I would expect anyway that AFI would break the all-time high and we'd expect to see it to do that in the next six months or so. So at the moment, I think that it's going to be more bullish in the shorter term and break out of this big sideways move. But how far it goes, well, there's a bigger picture analysis there, but it could get to at least the $7 mark. So that's AFI. And thanks very much, Yusuf, for bringing that one up for us to talk about. Much appreciated. We also have an email from Martin who says, hi, Dale, thank you for all the great resources you've been providing. I've been listening to all of your podcasts for a while now. And just remember, if you're looking for some really good information, that we have a whole library of podcasts there for you on the website. At wealthwithin.com.au to look at, and um, he said that he's um, looked at them for quite a while and really enjoyed them. So you're not getting sick of Dale's voice, obviously, at this stage because you're still tuning into the show, which is great. I recently read your book, How to Beat the Managed Funds, which was a real eye-opener and challenged a lot of the more conventional messages that get around indexing and buying and holding. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. And look, just remember to go on and read the next book, which is Accelerate Your Wealth. It's your money, your, your choice, because that builds on what you've already been um, learning in the first book. I thought I understood, however, I've been watching some of your shows, and I'm more confused than I was before. Um, okay, so there's there's a, a we've challenged your thinking, which is great. That's important that we do that. But look, I'd say that if you're confused about it, it's just this is really, if you don't mind me saying so, it's just really where your level of knowledge currently is at the moment. So we talk about a lot of terms, but we can't go into them in a lot of detail because. Um, people are not necessarily at the same level. So that's why it's important to get a good education and, and understand more about this if, if you're really interested in this sort of topic and it and depending on how important it is to you. So West Farmers, um, you referred to this as a heartbeat of the ASX and a great stock to own, but it did nothing but go sideways for a full five years from February 2013 to February 18 Wouldn't this be a great example of why not to buy and hold? Well, you're exactly right there. I'm just going to bring up the um, stock for you and show you that one so let's bring up um, bring up quickly on the chart there a quicker way for me to do this is bring up um, I've got th- um, three stocks um, to look at so let's have a look at West Farmers Santos was the next one that you're wanting us to look at I'll put all of the stocks up there so we can bring them up and I think Telstra was the next one that you you're um, wanting us to have a look at for you so I'll bring those up now now, the interesting these are interesting stocks. They're all big stocks and good on you for looking at quality stocks and, and picking up on our comments on the quality stocks. Now, while West Farmers went sideways for quite a while, it has, has actually continued the trend. And you're right. Look, you know, it's in terms of buy and hold, it actually tells you um, by looking at any chart that the buy and hold strategy is not the way to go. I mean, you could have bought and hold, held West Farmers in, you know, in October 2004 and then we're still holding in October 2010, six years later, and and have not made any money out of it except maybe a few dividends, and at times you would have been potentially in a loss overall. So, you know, there are times for buying a stock and there are times for selling a stock and there are times, you know, to just hold on and wait for your exit rules to trigger. But buying and holding long term um, is not the answer for any stock really. So therefore. you know, if you if you traded West Farmers, and I think what Dale's saying is because it's such a big stock, it's a it it is a good growth stock because at times it actually has good growth. But you've got to have rules to buy and sell the share. You can't just sit on it. So Santos is the next one that you've said that you wanted us to look at. Um, you said it's looking really good. This is what we've talked about on the show, and and Santos was looking really good for a while there, and is again. But there are times that this stock actually trades down and and doesn't continue on uh, look at what happened from the GFC June 2008 we saw a big decline sideways move on the stock that's where you get distribution so there are people who are trying to range trade and that's the sort of thing that we talk about where we don't believe that's real trading um, are trying to range trade and then the stock can move sideways and then continue down excuse me just a minute appreciate the fact that you're allowing me to have a glass of water. The producer said that I should have a drink of water, um, otherwise my voice will get a bit croaky and you won't be under, able to understand what I'm saying. So he's very strict on me at times. Now Telstra is another one, but before we get on to that, let's have a look at what um, Santos has done. So um, it's, it has traded down quite strongly, but now is in a nice uptrend. So what we're saying is that this share from time to time is a stock to be traded, it's not a stock to buy and hold. Um, it is a stock that you get in and out of and generally when we're trading this stock, we're trading it on the weekly chart. I'll just give you an example. Um, this stock has sideways moves you can see here and one of, a really good strategy to trade a stock is to trade a stock when it breaks out of a sideways move and continues higher. So it's done that recently, it did that over here and then continued to rise. Short-term trading on this stock is fantastic. You can see there there are opportunities to make money every so often, but you've got to look for the the triggers or the signals. And they're very specific for each stock. It's not like you can have one set of rules and apply them to every single share that you trade, which is why in our course that we give you a whole tool bag or kit bag. Now, a a trader, I mean a a contractor who is, is building houses, a bricklayer or a carpenter, they don't just have one tool and it's the same for you as a trader. Let's move on to Telstra. I think that's another important one here. You've said, as Janine said, oh, you've picked up one of my comments. Thank you very much. All trends conform to a longer term trend. So while I can see that it's trended up for several months now, how do we know it's going to conform to its longer term trend of decreasing in price since its share price is less than half of what it was a full 20 years ago? surely a dud stock to own now the interesting thing that you you've just identified is the dud stock because um, this is a stockdale used to call a dog stock years ago telstra because of what it had done over time i'm just going to show you the whole history of telstra so you can just understand this and some of you may have even actually picked it up in the float um, originally or taken up subsequent tranches when they offloaded more stock Now, looking at Telstra, again, like Santos, there are times when you can trade this stock and make some really good money out of it. This is a trickier stock to determine a set of rules to trade, right? So it's not just a simple, but your timing could be right. You could just look at Telstra and and have looked at it back in 2011, maybe you started trading at that time. And so your perspective of Telstra might be completely different because you made a really nice profit and you rode it all the way up. Hopefully you had some rules to sell it before it came all the way back down again. Um, so look, what I'm talking about here is is the trends. So that's what you've highlighted that I mentioned um, the trends. Now, okay, I talked about that the, the um, when a stock's moving up that it actually conforms to the longer term trend. Well, looking at the trend here, we can see from 2015 down to this low in 2018, the longer term trend was actually down, but. There are two different aspects to trading that you've got to look at when you're looking at trends. One is where what is the trend doing, okay? And the longer-term trend will often prevail. So that's that's about probability. So if it's been falling for a while, it's more likely to continue to fall until it starts giving you indications otherwise. And what are those indications? Well, they're often your rules and signals where it it turns and you're seeing reversals. So When we're trading, we're combining a whole lot of um, different aspects or knowledge or tools together to work out when a stock is more likely to turn. And once we see that, we're actually looking for entry rules um, to indicate that this is the earliest possible point where the trend or the longer term direction may actually be starting to change. So that would have been back here in around April 2019 or May 2019 when we saw this strong rise occur on Telstra. Now, so far, longer term, it looks like Telstra's more likely to rise than fall, even though the short term direction is down at the moment. So the prevailing trend or the longer term trend may have changed. So that's really what we're saying here. So we're we're looking at the trend direction and looking at the prevailing trend and saying, okay it's more likely to keep falling if it's in a decline or more likely to keep rising if it's in a decline, but rules and different aspects of analysis can tell us when that is more likely to change. And they're going to be safer times for you to look, to get into shares like this and Santos. I hope that helped you. And um, you also, you wanted us to shed some light on that. So I hope that we've been able to help you with that, Martin. Now I think it's time that we have a look at the chat and see what we can answer there. So I've got lots of questions on the chat tonight, but Antoinette got in really early, everybody. So Antoinette, thanks very much for jumping in there. You you had um, Simic there and she she got online really quickly. Um, So I'm gonna answer that one for you. Now Simic's an interesting stock. It is a growth type stock. I mean, it does pay a dividend, but it's actually classed as a growth stock. Now we can tell that by looking at the levels of volatility, especially on the monthly chart, you can see how volatile this share has been. Now, it does trend well when it gets going, but more recently, over the past couple of years, we've seen a bit of a sideways move happen on CIMIC Group, and then it dropped out of bed. So, a sign that the trend was going to fall away when we saw this big move down in July 2019. I mean, at that point here, back in April 2019, it may have been about to break up. But bad news can often actually turn a share price on its tail and see it start to fall away again. So, that's what we've looked at there. Um, with um, CIMIC group and it's pulled back to around the $30 mark it may be about to find support here now Antoinette um, you were looking at this you've said you've invested at 3145 which is somewhere around here now at the moment um, from my perspective there's nothing there to tell me to buy you know the the monthly direction still down we can see that even the the medium term and shorter term direction is not um, showing that it's particularly bullish so I would say to you that you've probably jumped in a bit early. doesn't mean it's not going to go up, it may continue to rise, but it really needs to head above this 3270 level to start looking more interesting again and be out of hot water because when a stock's falling like this, it can always come back further and it could drop back below that $30 mark. So something to watch there, Antoinette, but you know, really important to have some solid rules and great to see another female out there getting into the market. Now we've got a question here from Declan, could you please re- review Bellamy's? I own some of this stock and would like to a- advance on where I go from here, I purchased at 860. So Balamies, um, look, interesting um, story around Bellamy's because Bellamy's has actually been under takeover. Now the Chinese, um, there was actually a whole um, interesting history around Bellamy's, and I, I put a recording together for our traders last weekend in one of our weekly reports, so if you If you do the uh, diploma course, you actually get six months free um, support. And as part of that, you get to email me as well as that you get our weekly reports where we talk about stocks and online forums. So, And we talked about Bellamy's and how it had fallen from these interesting heights of March 2018. So, uh, Declan, it really depends on... um, what your whole view is on this stock and what you're you're thinking about it. But when a takeover happens, you really, it's decision time because when a takeover occurs, you're waiting for the board to announce what their decision is and they've unanimously accepted or they're in favour of the offer. So the next process is where a foreign company goes to take over, an Australian company, it then has to go through a number of hurdles and approvals and one of those is the Foreign Investment Review Board. So it's got to get past that. Now, the interesting controversy that um, I followed with Bellamy's is, is that there was talk about um, the Chinese government or they're the not being, approvals were not given to Bellamy's that, who applied to have their product um, in Chinese stores. And this is the reason why the share price fell so dramatically into this low in December 2018 and has since traded sideways, but apparently six, around six months ago, which was back when it made this short-term high. There, negotiations or talks started about um, the potential takeover. Now, you know, I've watched stocks for years, and takeovers happen, and looked at what happened to the share price prior to. And just because the share price falls doesn't mean that there wasn't some someone didn't know something already. And there, are, and I'm not going to go into what my thoughts are too much on that. But all I'll say is that I. When I look at these stocks, when a takeover is announced, I'm assessing it to see whether the, I think it's a fair price or not. And because the stock was actually trading at around 11.96 before those discussions started, I don't think it is a fair price at all um, for the stock. I think it should be somewhere around the $15, $16 mark that they're, they're actually offering for Bellamy. So what if the share price had been sold down prior to that? You know, Could someone have been shorting it to try and push it down further? Um, you know, that's what the market's all about, isn't it? Um, so then um, in, as far as the takeover now, at Declan, your decision is really, do I wait and see if there's another company in the wings wanting to take them over? And so you've got to follow the news. Or is it the case of a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush and you just take some profit if you've got a profit there? The other thing aspect of it is that they may be offering some little incentives for you to hold on Um, longer so you check out whether there are any extra dividends or things like that for you you to hold the shares but in this case um, there may not be so it's something that you've really got to read the documentation that's available and make sure you do so look I hope that's helped you um, with that one but it's it's an interesting one but if you've got a profit sometimes it's um, wise to take it and lock it away uh, Gregory says, hi, Janine and Dale, thinking of buying into AGL as it's trended down recently. Any opinions? Good stock there, AGL. It's one that Dale and I have probably talked about a few times. People have asked about it um, in that utility sector. Now, it's been pulling back. Now, every good stock, you can get a really great set of rules on a stock and then have to be really patient about waiting for those rules to present again. The technical rules we're talking about. So it's when something actually forms on the chart that's happened in the history and with a high probability of repeating in the future. So that's what it's all about, looking for things to repeat in the future so that you can rely on it and you know what the probability of success is going forward and you know what your risk is going forward. But right now the stock is in a downtrend, so it's actually been trending down um using Dale's book How to Beat the Managed Funds by 20% or Accelerate Your Wealth you'll see trend line rules in there and you can put trend lines on this stock and see how it performs on that you can test it yourself and it's really important to understand how to draw t- trend lines now in saying that the book is not designed to make you an expert in trend lines it's to raise your awareness and If you want to become an expert in these rules, then it's really important that you invest in yourself and get into the courses. So with AGL, um, I'm looking at that now and thinking, okay, it looks um, still bearish in my opinion, so it's been falling quite strongly. The risk is that it might take out this low here in November 2018, and I wouldn't be concerned. Obviously, if you don't own it, you're not concerned about it, but it wouldn't be a concern if it did, because then you're actually going to get a better opportunity to pick it up. if it actually starts trading up strongly, you might get a trend line entry for those of you who are familiar with trend lines. So, good question there, Gregory. Um, Tony Spriggs, uh, hi, Janine Dale. Very excited this week as I've just started Module 3. Oh, congratulations of the diploma course. My first fit real look into Optima. It wasn't exciting when you get a new toy to play with. Um, and then the course is challenging, but I'm thoroughly enjoying it. That's fantastic, Tony. Thanks for letting us know. Um, I look forward to, to Um, seeing you finish module three that one I call the speed hump of the whole course it's where you get all the nice juicy rules and learn how to trade and combine rules to get the best outcome and back testing which um, Dale's always called me the queen of back testings because I really always enjoyed trying to work out what strategy is going to work best on a particular share so make sure that you become an expert at doing that Um, you just recently Uh, two stocks have popped up on your radar. So you're talking about SOR and Jumbo International. Okay, so you'd like me to have a look at those. Um, Now, mate, you you know enough to actually be able to tell me what you think of them. So it'd be nice if um, when you type in your question, um, it'd be great if you could actually just let me know what you think of it as well. If you're a student so looking at um, SAR fantastic run that this stock has had but look there are a number of reasons why it could have you could have sold it I mean there would have been a trend line exit Dow exit this is a really nice trending stock but it's also a way to generate income some of these mineral type stocks um, can give some really good um, entry and exit rules in the short term so I like this one but right now I wouldn't be looking at buying it there's no rule to purchase the stock right now it could be a little bit toppy right now we have seen a reversal on the monthly chart and that could shadow there there could be further declines to come so i wouldn't be looking at it too much until it gets past the four dollar mark because that seems like a bit of a a resistance level for the stock so that's sar and we've also got another one from you which is jumbo international I'll quickly get into that one and i think that's the last one that i can do now before we move on Um, we need to get into the next part of the show so i'll just bring up jumbo Um, had an incredible rise there of late. Now look at the illiquidity of this share. Liquidity has improved over recent times. So we'll just move to the weekly chart because it's a bit easier to see what's going on. Um, It has blown what we call blown off. So when you see a move, this sort of sideways move happen, you see a breakout, it pulls back away from the angle of the trend. It can often um, come right back into these sideways moves to test that. Now we haven't seen... That happened before. It didn't do it back here. See how things repeat. We may actually see a continuation of the rise, but I'm just looking at the steepness of that trend and how how sharp it's getting now, as an indication that it may start slowing down a bit. So just be mindful of having a good trailing stop loss on this particular share. So that's all um, I've got time for now. We've got to get into the. The topic for tonight, um, I know that you're excited to, to get into that. The main topic is about how to get started trading stocks the right way so you can avoid costly mistakes. Now, why I'm excited about this particular topic is because of how important it is to building your success in the market the right way. This information is relevant to you and it doesn't matter whether you're just starting out or you've already been trading for a while. What I would have done to have someone explain to me what sort of pitfalls were in the market when I first started I also find this important to the the many who are currently trying to trade and profit consistently from the market because so many people could be doing so much better and why not you? Um, You can save yourself time and money and very importantly reduce your stress levels and make your trading journey easier by learning from the experiences of others. So why reinvent the rule uh, of the wheel? Most of you are unlikely to recognise without assistance why the way you trade is not working and most importantly. Uh, what to do about it isn't that the way I talk to people sometimes and they can't see um, the wood for the trees at times they can't see past where they are and the market can be a real leveller to traders um, and you can be thinking well you know you're not performing and why is that so just when that you think that you're doing well right around the corners another hazard and that can happen at any time over the coming months um, because volatility generally increases at this time of the year and, and you weren't prepared for it um, or, or what you were doing suddenly stops working. So what do you do about it? Well if it stops working and you're really stressed about it then it means that you actually don't know enough um, and that's where you really need to get your knowledge levels lifted up and that's um, why we're here. So this is where I can speak from experience and see mistakes that people are making because I've been there myself and if you would like better results then don't, don't just potter around and skirt around the edges the more you delay getting on the right path, the more that you're gonna miss out on the true potential that you have to become consistently profitable. And think about what's at stake here in terms of what's really important to you. We know that by watching these live shows and in particular recordings like the one that I'm about to share with you that we're gonna raise your awareness about the importance of every single decision that you make from tonight onwards. I want you to enjoy this video and take notes. Um, Thanks very much, let's watch the video.
0: How did you actually get started did you start investing then or what did you do
2: yeah so i think it might have been a couple months after that uh, i I, um, I learned how to open up a comsec account I, I was already banking with commonwealth so uh i um i yeah i opened one up and then i placed i, I bought a couple of shares so I, I bought in the in the asx top 20 i bought a, a bhp uh i think woolworths i'm not sure if they're in the top 20. Uh, <laughs> i guess i funny uh and um and green cross limited uh which that one is not but yeah so i bought good shares Uh and and, and that's how i started
0: so yeah. were they sort of more buy and hold or are you just sort of more investing rather than trading
2: well, at that, that stage, I didn't know um, the difference, to be honest. I, I didn't know the, dis- the difference between a, a, an investor and a trader. And I thought that you buy it and then suddenly in a week, it's gone up and you, you've you made it, you know, <laughs> pretty much. So I I got a bit impatient, to be honest, and, and I ended up selling them. So
0: why did you decide to get educated in trading?
2: I, it was a... Uh, I had put I put in a couple of trades last year and one of them was Altium and I bought it for $13 and and I bought a couple of other ones with it and then uh, the Bitcoin craze came out. Uh, It was when it was uh, skyrocketing then. So I saw that go up so much quicker and then I've got these shares here that were kind of up and down, up and down, and I thought, well I'm gonna get out of these and I'm gonna invest in something that's gonna carry my money a bit quicker. Mm. So it actually did the opposite of that. Uh Altium is now, as you'd be aware, probably I think it's up to thirty dollars or something. (laughs) And Bitcoin has gone down. So I I lost um lost a substantial amount of money in Bitcoin. I I lost about eleven thousand dollars and whereas if i would have stuck to my trade uh, i would have probably doubled my money now and um, so that's when i thought you know what i'm always going to be doing stuff like this and i'm always interested it's kind of like the the fire that you're Mm. that you're so curious about but you get burned every time that you touch it (laughs) so i thought it's time for me to have some gloves you know (laughs) to to be able to touch it and um and that requires education and and, and learning from somebody that, that is experienced so.
0: yeah it sounds like that um impatience of yours is is what's been causing you to sort of be ad hoc at what you're doing uh and obviously not watching you we know, ltm not going up as fast as you like and watching bitcoin then you got that phone then you got the fear of missing out on bitcoin so you've jumped into that only to make that mistake again um from that point of view so uh, and so i think that's from that um big heavy loss that you're talking about eleven thousand dollars like everything's relative i've you know spoken to people have lost a million dollars in a year and you know but and and for some people that's a lot of money some people it's a drop in the ocean other people a thousand dollars is a lot of money so it's all relative to you but um but sounds like that triggered something into you to going well if i'm going to do this i better do it the right way
2: it did a hundred percent yep it was uh, and it was uh, j- just during tax time as well when i was figuring out <laughs> um, how much my losses were and, and and so on so yes it's 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 a love uh love hate affection that i have <laughs> with the market and, and i'm looking to turn it into more of a love
0: <laughs> oh fantastic so when you decided to look for an educator to, to help you learn about the stock market and trading what did you do and what was what was really important to you in your edu- in getting that educator uh
2: so i i googled as most people would do and uh, i looked up um courses on share trading i think it was and i think i had done this a, a while ago i'm not sure why you guys didn't show up it might have been a couple of years ago and i thought that there was nothing on there i thought that you had to study maybe uh at, at university, some financial degree or, or something like that, economics as well. Uh, so th- this latest time that that I looked into it, um, uh, you guys were in there and I also saw a, a, another uh, company and it, it was out of both of you that, that I was uh, deciding and I, I had a, a, a talk to them also and they said yes it's a two-day workshop uh, that uh, that you come in and you know we'll get you all trained up and and we will we'll show you how to uh, trade I think they're called minis or something yeah and that that uh, I'm a bit smarter than that I, I, I you know now I am <laughs> I thought no this isn't this is and when I saw you guys and and you're an accredited um, accredited uh, student provider or I'm not sure what the terminology is um, uh, yes, when I saw that, and it was actually you, you had a diploma on offer, and it was very structured. And then I had a look at your uh, videos as well, um, seemed professional, and, and, and know what what you, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think more, uh, yeah. So um, it was a no brainer after that.
0: Why did you decide to get educated in trade in in the trading?
2: I think
3: the key from there is I see the trading as a, it is a hobby, but it's also my future. Um, and, and I believe that if you don't if, if you're buying and selling without with ultimately without the education, it is a form of throwing your money over the table. And, and for me, it's uh, why I want to get educated is I believe that I've had some fabulous luck, even though it's been through lots of research, um, I've had some fabulous luck um, and um, and I don't want to risk what I've earned now moving forward. I want to keep going on that tra- trajectory of, of profit and um, through education. I'm spending a lot of time reading and research, so why not put it into education? Get some structure in place through the technical analysis side of things, um, and um, and and then have comfort and minimise the amount of time wasting that pro- I'm probably doing with reading and doing too much analysis. Fundamental analysis, putting some really good structure in place, and um, and having comfort that I know what I'm doing is taught through education, not and not by uh, by luck.
0: So, when you decided to look for an educator, what was what did you do and what was really important to you in, in finding that educator or what traits did you want from that educator and what uh, what was of value to you
3: uh, i do and, and i think you covered it a bit in your uh, in our earlier discussion around yourself and janine you you are um, you're a great complement your differences are a great complement to each other your um, your so it is about yourself and janine that's that was why um, that got me thinking through your YouTubes that maybe we need to take it from being information to education is, is one of the things that you say. and it just that, that resonates with me as well. Um, and um, So I just felt that why spend money? And, and I suppose my sister and I had looked at a couple of information sessions. And I thought, well they sound great and I've been to one or two, but I'm not sure i walk out any of the wiser I just feel like i've i walked out with some tips, but not necessarily the tools that I need to trade so that was that was probably the the most recent decision and coming across your youtubes then I'm thinking, well hang on a minute I need to take it from information to education and uh, and and what's what's the do do I want to in and I had to I had to look within because it's it is a, a, a commitment to move forward on that and and I but it literally that was a split second decision yeah absolutely um, education is where I want to head because I, I do see that this is it's for me it's not a, it's not a um, it, I'm not dabbling I, I see this as a hobby that I want to do um, ongoing and, and I want to turn it into more of a um, a profit making hobby.
1: Hi everyone. I hope you've enjoyed that video and gained some valuable insights there. Uh, I think that um, Pedro had particularly some interesting things to talk about. And I like the fact that he was sharing how he went from Bitcoin um, to trading shares and very smart move because you 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 can get locked into your thinking. That's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about tonight. But um, and also um, we had a discussion there from Veronica who was talking about why she wanted to get proper education and not muck around in, in the market. And um, she wa- she got straight to it rather than making the, the trading a hobby and making something real out of it. So good on you, Veronica. Now, one of the secrets that I wanted to share is not thinking that you have to pick tops and bottoms. So it's about taking the safe part of any run that's really important when you're trading the market. So I know a lot of people talk about trying to pick the top and the bottom of the market, or second guess it Or when a stock falls, they try and pick it up cheaper. It's not about that. It's about sitting back and waiting for the, the, the lower risk times to be actually putting your money into the market. And that's often when the stock is already rising. So that's one of the things to just keep into, in your mind when you're looking for stocks to buy now the the way that uh, you th- you are thinking about trading or the way that you think could be stopping you from moving forward and one of these the, the other secrets I wanted to bring up with you is about past present or being future paced so this is your thought process do you focus on the past a lot do you talk about it observe your language think about when you're even when you're trading when you're talking to family friends are you always reflecting on the past? Are you very good at being in the present? I find that people who are very good at being in the present are very efficient people and they're, they're much more able to see clearly what they're doing and what they need to do to, to just move forward. Or are you future paced? Are you someone who's always looking at the clock, thinking about where you've got to be, um, you know, totally focused on the future and, and not living in the present? Um, that may be you and it's a bit scary, isn't it, to take a look at yourself and and realise some of what you're doing. But if you can actually be far more present in the present, if you want to trade well, that's really important. The first part of being a trader, of course, is to understand why you're wanting to do it and then look at the future and what you're wanting to achieve. But when you're actually trading, it's about the now. It's not about, okay, this trade is the most important trade. That can often cause a trader to to make some really bad decisions because it can stop you from recognising what you need to do If you're not actually thinking the right way about um, being in the present. So um, it's about having an awareness of your mindset and where your thought process is. Um, It can stop you from finding good trades and it can prevent you from making the most important decision which is to invest in your own education. So now I think it's time that we get back to the chat and look at some more stocks but um, actually there's one more thing that I wanted to mention to you, one other secret that I wanted to share with you, not just the analysis that I want to show you on the chart. But it's also that when you've done the diploma or you get to a point where you get enough knowledge behind you, there's an amazing technique that I learned at cycles. Now, everyone knows that cycles are in the market. They're in um, the weather patterns. They're, cycles are everywhere, um, business cycles. It's understanding not just what a cycle is, but how to actually use it and combine it with trading that really blew me away when I started trading. So... I would suggest to anyone who's really serious about trading and making money from the market that first get the diploma under your belt and then learn the cycle stuff, which is in the Forex and CFD course. You don't necessarily have to be wanting to trade Forex to do that course, um, but it's really good for short-term trading and particularly leverage if you're wanting to um, get CFDs, which is just leverage, you'll get that under your belt. So something for the future, but remember to crawl before you can walk now okay let's bring up some more stocks thank you very much you guys for all the comments that you've typed in you you guys are awesome it's good to see you out there um, and really getting involved in this now I've got a question here this is from Ross thank you Ross um, for bringing up Woodside what an interesting stock so can we bring up Optima now and and have a look at the chart of Woodside You can see there I've got the monthly chart. So being disciplined about it, remember to always look at the longer term direction and the longer term chart first. You can see there I've actually got a funny squiggly line over the top of Woodside. Now, I know that Dale probably hasn't shown you this necessarily before, but you can actually overlay charts in Optima. So I've actually overlaid the chart of the oil price over the Woodside price. And you can see there that it pretty much runs with the oil price a lot of the time in the bigger picture. So this is what, what I'm looking for. Now, there are lots of stocks that have a commodity that's tied tightly to their share price and really important to know the direction of those. Now, at the moment, the the oil price is moving a little bit sideways. I'd like to see it move back up a little bit more strongly and then we could see the Woodside price recover. But that's what um, needs to happen here for Woodside to, to get going again. For, as an indication that it's going up, we really need to see it get above this $34.91. Now, Ross says, that I think that he bought it at $31. Um, are you trying to bottom pick there, Ross? Again, um, the low here was 30.81. It looks like it. Um, naughty, naughty there. So looking at that, we can see that you might might have tried to pick it on the bottom, um, but hopefully you're learning that you know you're better off to get in when the momentum's running. Um, but if you bought it way back here and you've been following it more longer term on the on the on the market then you may not have seen your exit rule trigger on the monthly chart. I mean, it's given heaps of reasons to exit on the weekly chart, but the longer term direction, um, it's sideways, but you may not have triggered your rule yet. And if that's the case, you could still be holding it. So Woodside at the moment, still sideways. We're waiting to see that next move up and keep a look out for the oil price. The, the, um, The one that you're looking for is the light sweet crude but you could look at Brent as well the the charts are basically very much the same shape the prices are just different when they're traded in the market now Caltex is the next stock and Caltex I've got here from um, you as well that was another stock that you wanted us to look at now Ross uh, Caltex has actually pulled back really strongly this year into the low in June 2019 you can see there on the chart it is an orderly decline, believe it or not, the way that Telstra has, um, Caltex has fallen. And more recently, it's been moving sideways. So this is the chance that Caltex has to recover. If it's going to recover, it's very soon. It has to do that very soon. Now you can see on the monthly chart there that we've got an all-time high here across there. Now, what I'm looking for is support and resistance. I'm looking for natural support and resistance. So where the stock's actually traded in ebbs and flows, it's hit made highs and pulled backs that's what resistance means where it's actually stopped the share price has stopped rising and it's fallen away and then traded up through it and then fallen away that indicates that there's actually a really strong level across here and i'm just going to put the crosshairs there you can see this level it's actually a band more than just a level between 24 and 26 and at the moment caltex is really trying to get back away from that level and recover so we need to see the weekly chart in this case to see Um, what to look for now if if uh, the stock trades back above this 2678 it's more likely to continue to rise but notice the opens and the closes on the market this is another really important thing to look at another little um, point I wanted to share with you tonight quickly is that these opens and closes are getting really uh, really close together so the price isn't moving on okay now when you see a stock where it's stalling the rise is stalling it's more likely to continue to pull back Um, or something could be brewing in the wings. So just um, patience is required when that happens. That's all I can say. So watch this space with Caltex. The next stock we have is from Tom. Thanks, Tom, for writing in and talking about Eclipse Group. Now, Tom said that he picked it up, I think, at $1.50 and the stock's in profit. Um, He talked about the liquidity of the share. And I know that um, you were particularly making a point of liquidity. Look, it's not too bad Uh, When we're looking at the liquidity of shares, as an individual, you can trade uh, much lower liquid stocks, but I'm not suggesting that you do trade them because they can often be uh, more volatile and wipe out the gains of some of your big stocks. But when you're looking at the liquidity, just look across the volume that the stock has traded. And you can see there about 14 million um, a week and multiply that by um, what it's been trading at in recent times. So it's not it's not um, too bad in terms of the liquidity of the stock. I'd suggest that you don't go down to more than um, a million, three million dollars $3 million a week. That's just the absolute bare bones of it. And you know, and, and it's important to look at what the volume is because you've got to understand that if you traded the share, could you move the share price? Now. Perhaps you're just sitting back and laughing there because you, you're, you know, you don't, you're, you might be trading a thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars, and how is that going to move the share price? Well, that's exactly the point. That's what you've really got to look at: um, how the share price could be impacted by you trading it. Now, um, it's just risen to fill this big gap here on the chart, and you can see the momentum slowing at the moment. So while it's making higher troughs, that's all very good and that's what we want to see. I'd expect to see it come back a little bit. You want to see the next higher trough to determine whether it's more likely to continue to rise or not and then see what it does after that trough's confirmed. Now, confirming troughs is another important thing to understand and be educated in. Um, so Dale did show you a little bit about that, I think, in the in last week's recording. So um, that's something that's really important to be to be learning now nab is another one um, i had a question here from pf so someone's in secret typing in their um, code name is it pf um, uh, what does that stand for profits um something or no you, maybe you better tell me who you are Um, NAB, he's interested in NAB saying it's in an uptrend. So you're absolutely right, congratulations on picking the uptrend. On the weekly chart you can see that it's in a nice strong uptrend there now. Now it did take NAB some time to recover. There was a lot of controversy over the bank stocks with the Royal Commission, but they're really only just getting back to the prices that they were trading at in two thousand and seventeen and and even back here in two thousand and sixteen. So over time, all you would have been really making off NAB is the dividends if you'd bought and hold this share. And in the meantime you would have had a scary roller coaster ride and um, probably been biting your nails as the stock um, traded well below that low in 2016 so that was a bit of a game changer for NAB you can see over the history of the stock it's really been stuck in this range between about 24 and 34 dollars and hasn't moved on from that so look now's its opportunity to make that recovery in the short term if you don't own the share I'm not suggesting that now's the time to buy because it's actually run quite strongly over the past few weeks and we may see a bit of resistance around this 30 31 dollar mark because historically that's where that stock likes to sit. So it looks good at the moment. Um, Now I'm on to Tom Fawcett. This is the last one for this little segment here. Um, I've got IVC there, Tom. Interesting, isn't it? Um, To see IVC um, pulling back right now. Now InvoCare, you mentioned um, there was a Four Corners program about the retirement sector. Now um, it could have an impact on the stock at probably already has you can see that it's pulled back but it's not um, something to be concerned about just yet but if you had rules on and you were trading this stock you probably would have been out if it was a weekly rule if you were trading this more medium to long term then you'd still be in the stock because there's no rule to exit just yet so Uh, Looking at the share, I'd like to see it find support around this level, $13, 13 $13.50, and then start heading back up above the $15 mark. If it doesn't start heading back up above these sorts of levels in the coming weeks, um, then it's more likely to continue the the decline. And the risk is that it could end up back around um, $12, probably closer to $12.50. But but, um, the interesting thing too on the weekly chart is that the closes are really close together now, so it may be slowing down. Keep an eye on that. Okay. Um, actually, I will just have one more. I know it's just past eight and the producer's showing me this sign that looks like this. Um, if you come back on screen, it's, um, I'm going to be chopped off at the head um, if I keep going. So he's, he's holding up the fist at me, but you know I don't always do what I'm told, as you know, by watching these shows. And um, as I said, Dale's away and while the cat's away you know what the mice do so looking at spark infrastructure you can see there it's been trading sideways really since 2016 and um, if we can look at the chart there that'd be great thank you Um, now you can see that of more recently it's pulled back quite strongly so I think it was um, Ian um, DG thanks for bringing up this one he picked it up at 235 it's been trading at 215 um, I'd be quite concerned about the decline that this has had and this is one of the reasons why you've got to really have some strong rules on the stock. I mean, there's, there's a lot of reasons you'd be selling it um, if you had, you know, depending on where you bought it. Now, I, I can't give you personal financial advice, and it really depends on the rules that you set when you bought the stock at the time. Hopefully, you've got an initial stop loss or a risk management plan in place that you're only willing to risk a certain amount of your capital. If the share falls away, that then you, know, you just say, well, that was the risk I was willing to take, and I'm going to sell the stock and and better to put it into something else that's going up. But at the moment, um, because this low has been broken in April 2019, generally that indicates that it's more likely to fall um, than rise. And look, um, now I think we've actually got a really strong decline there showing on the weekly chart. um, And at the moment, no indication that it's going to rise. So it looks more bearish than bullish to me. Um, and that's probably a hard lesson to learn, but one of the reasons why it's so important to to learn how to do the analysis properly, because I just want to give you an example, um, just quickly. If I'll probably cut me cut me off here, but um, you can see there that really strong resistance around that two hundred and forty level. which just what you've got to be watching, and when you see a share rise through that, a level like that and start pulling back. Um, You you start getting rules on the weekly chart that are telling you that it's time to get out. You get lows taken out on the monthly chart that are telling you it's time to get out. You know, you've really got to ask, um, you know, do I bury my head in the sand like an ostrich or do I need to make a decision here? And the whole point of this show is about you not making uh, mistakes and learning from mistakes of others so that then you can become a really successful trader. And sometimes, you know, what I was saying before is about being past, present or future paced is that- you can get locked into your thinking of and fixed on um, what you're going to lose in, in the current trade rather than thinking about the big picture and what's going to be of benefit to one, your psychology as a trader if you're actually able to follow rules. It's much better for your psychology and two, if you can actually take a loss. Um, and then be in the market for the next opportunity and get it right the next time. Write a trading plan, have the initial stop loss set up and have a really good set of rules that you've back-tested on the stock to prove that it actually is going to work into the, moving ahead into the future. Um, remember, it's just one trade out of what could be you know, 20, 30 trades that you make in a year, depending on how many whether you're trading short, medium or long term. Um, and so if you're getting 70% or 80% of those right, then one losing trade isn't a big deal really, is it? Now where it becomes a big deal is where you've potentially put more money in the market than what you're comfortable with. So say for instance, you put $10,000 in the market, you set a stop loss of 10%, you're risking $1,000 per trade. If you're not comfortable with losing $1,000 in a trade, why are you trading a $10,000 position? So that's one of the first things that I talk to people about um, when I'm looking at their, you know, the plans that they've put together. Is challenge them on their thinking with the risk and money management. So, you take care out there, and um, this is the end of the show, of course. And we hope that you've enjoyed tonight's show. And thank you so much for participating. Uh, Sorry I haven't got to all of your questions, but you know. Come back uh, next week and and you can bring the same questions up next week if you like and we'll get through those. Um, Thanks for making this a special show for me tonight. Remember to show your support for what we do here. Share this show on your social media with your friends and colleagues. And of course, Dale's back next week so you can join us for interesting insights and tell him... Um, that, you know, I really took the show away and became a bit of a rogue um, when he was away. Also, make sure that you put this show on your calendar so that you're back online next Tuesday at 7 p.m. And if you cannot be with us live next week, then we're always happy to receive your questions. So send them to info at wealthwithin.com.au. Just type in Wealth Within Live in the subject line. It's free. And that brings us to the end of the show. really hope everyone enjoyed it as much as i have as always thank you for taking part we'll see you again next week on uh, same time same place tuesday at 7 p.m goodbye good luck and good trading
0: thanks for listening this podcast is brought to you by wealth within a global leader in stock market education for more information on our courses or to listen to more talking Wealth podcast head over to wealthwithin.com and click on the Talking Well podcast under the Learning Centre.